Alright, so... Are we doing introductions or... Yeah. Let's, let's do... Alright. Yes! It's <laughs> probably a good <laughs> idea. Yeah. Alright, so welcome to this podcast that is yet to have a title. Um, I am your one host, Eric Terribio. And I am your co-host, Zach Zimmerman. And we will be discussing the screenplay Holes, written by Richard Kelly. Uh, the draft is dated December 17th, 1999. Um, you probably know Richard Kelly from only three different movies. Uh, <laughs> most famous of which is Donnie Darko. And uh, he also did... Um, uh, Southland Tales, and that was very trippy. <laughs> yeah, and then he also did the box. What's at the box? <laughs> I I enjoyed Sorry. the box, but I think a lot of people didn't. Yeah, it was like, I don't know. I mean, it, it was. It's not like one of my favorite movies, but I th- I thought it was okay. Yeah, I I just don't expect. If you didn't expect too much from it, yeah, you probably got more out of it. Yeah. But yeah, this so this was written in, or at least this draft. I don't know if this is the first draft that he handed in, and they were just like, "Yeah, we're gonna pass on this," or if he like, <laughs> you know, wrote a draft and then like did some rewrites himself before handing it in or what. But this is yeah, 19- this is this is ninety nine. Mm-hmm. When did the movie come out? The movie came out in two thousand three, I think. Also, oh, could have been too far behind. Yeah, I imagine. And. Donnie Darko came out in 2001, so this was even before all that. And mm. for some reason, I was thinking that this came out after he had made Donnie Darko, and for some reason, they were like, hey, do you want to write movie holes? Because <laughs> that's not at all the same <laughs> as Donnie Darko. But yeah. I guess he was like a, you know, aspiring screenwriter at the time, and they decided to give him a shot, and... He obviously didn't want to stay too close <laughs> to the book, but we'll get into that. Yeah. I mean, I I haven't read the book, but I can honestly say he has not stayed very close to the book at all. Because I feel like he just does what he wants to. He definitely doesn't yeah. hold back. Yeah, that's that's the thing like he definitely took certain aspects of, you know, like the book or I'm more familiar with the movie. But mm-hmm. he definitely like there's definitely some aspects that are the same, but I feel like he had a movie idea in mind already, and yeah. he was just like, "Hey, I could kind of work it in with this story." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because what I I I only watched Holes a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I just seem to remember like this very Disney, oh, family yeah. friendly movie. Mm-hmm. And reading this, I didn't get too far from like, hmm. This must be a very early draft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, do we want to just uh, get into it? And mm-hmm. all right. So, this starts with um, a shot of a school bus driving through the desert, and there's a narrator telling us about like the world that they're living in, and he kind of like mentions some kind of a war or like a disaster kind of thing and Mm. tells us 
like introduces us to the main character Stanley Kramer, whose name is Stanley Yelnats in the book and the movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Stanley is the only person on the school bus, and he's handcuffed, and um, they take him to Gra- Camp Green Lake. And then he's led off the bus and into the main building. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. What did you think of this little scene? Well, as uh, on the producer side, I see that he opens with a uh, helicopter shot. Mm-hmm. Like uh, establishing, you know, very, I just imagine, wide desert. And yeah. Just fall on the bus. Mm-hmm. And on the producer side, it's nice to see that he keeps going back to it. Yeah. He just keeps saying helicopter shot here and mm-hmm. there. Yeah. I, so I like the imagery there. I didn't care for the narrator at all. Yeah, I am I am right there with you. I I was like, eh, <laughs> he's kind of like a little too much for me. Yeah, uh, I feel like he was like, you know, he was like up at like three in the morning <laughs> being like, uh, it was, uh, uh, the earth had dried up, and the earth was a prison. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I didn't care for it. I think it could have done a much better job yeah. of narrating, especially later on when you really get into it, mm-hmm. the history. Yeah, some of the Just later like, narration uh, is a lot better. Yeah. But, like, the, yeah, yeah, for this one, it's way too much, like, spoon-feeding of information yeah, it's just kind of like, hey, here's a bunch of information, and it, I don't know. I th- I feel like you could just do without it completely for this scene. Yeah, just exactly. show the images of him. Yeah, so already we kind of do get a a very good glimpse into what this world is like because it already feels like a very bleak tone, and you know all that. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I didn't care for that he definitely continues throughout the entire screenplay is he uses so many ellipses the the three periods yeah he uses that it, all uh, the time and I'm, it's just i don't know it gets to be a little <laughs> much for me yeah it's like reading texts from my mom it's like you're not pausing this often <laughs> when you talk to me <laughs> yeah oh man okay. but yeah uh camp green lake i like the name yeah and uh I guess it doesn't mean anything here if it's based on a book. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, in the book, there's a lot different, like, history and everything, but you don't really get that here. But anyway, let's, uh, the next yeah. the next uh, sequence here is... Um, oh, I, I, did, I did, like, uh, uh, like, he just mentioned in dialogue, five hours here, five hours back for the mm. bus driver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was a really good quick way to establish okay he's definitely in the middle yeah yeah of the for desert sure. here. so nice dialogue mm-hmm. always helps but yeah so then um in the next sequence he's kind of uh, released into custody of mr sir uh <laughs> who is he eats a lot of sunflower seeds and he's like very much a no-nonsense kind of guy mm-hmm. and then he gives Stanley a blue jumpsuit and he gives him the rundown of what life will be like at Camp Green Lake. And he says that a supply truck comes every two weeks 
and they're out of sunscreen, so he's going to have to wait a while. <laughs> and yep. his job will be to dig one hole every day, and it must be exactly five feet deep and five feet across. And the amount of time he spends outside is entirely dependent on how long it takes him to dig the hole. And um, if he finds anything interesting, he has to report it. And then uh, Mr. Sir tells him that there is zero security at this place because the nearest water is 100 miles away. And so prisoners are free to try to escape, but it's basically <laughs> guaranteed death if you try to run anywhere. Um, yeah. And then he goes on to say that he never wastes a bullet. And Stanley then kind of goes on a short rant about how every bullet is a wasted bullet. And <laughs> and right there, reading that, the anti-gun stuff right here, mm-hmm. plus the uh, the pro-God stuff, mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, why did Eric think to do this with me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, it's... hmm... <laughs> Yeah, I but I, no. I really don't care for um Stanley's <laughs> little like t- like back talking and stuff. I don't know. It it didn't really work for me. Well, right here, I wasn't I'm still not sure if he was just being a smart ass or not. Mm. Yeah. Cuz it feels like he is, but they <laughs> he doesn't really talk like this at all later to even joke about it. Yeah. Yeah, I know so it, does, very... it doesn't really come up again a whole lot. No, but um, but yeah, it just it feels very like preachy and on the nose, you know. Yeah, almost forced. Yeah, very yeah. much. So I don't know. I I didn't really care for it. Nah, me neither. Um, but yeah, so far, a lot of this is still similar to the movie. How the movie plays out with his meeting mm-hmm. and even a lot of the dialogue is like the same between them except for Mm. stanley doesn't really talk back or anything he just kind of like all right yep uh, yes mr sir and like stuff like that he doesn't really like you know say anything he doesn't want to cause trouble so far yeah Yeah. um oh yeah and another thing about stanley so uh in the movie he says that he's very unlucky and in the <laughs> screenplay here, he's the complete opposite. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So yeah, but we'll get into that. Um Okay, so That's really funny. <laughs> the the Oh uh What? I think there's something else I wanted to mention. Oh, are you gonna talk about uh casting as we go through it or do you wanna do that like at the end? Oh uh, no, we could do that uh as we go through it. Um Okay. So I couldn't really think of anybody for Stanley. Mm-hmm. And no, certainly not Shia really LaBeouf. <laughs> no. Because I read the dialogue, uh, the uh, description. Mm-hmm. It said, uh, you know, pretty boy, blonde, blue eyes. Yeah. Like, well, you missed the mark there. Yeah. I don't know. But, you know, as far as me, mm-hmm. I don't care what they look like. Yeah. It's how they act. Mm-hmm. So I still couldn't think of anybody that really fit this. Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't know if I could think of anybody could really. I mean, obviously, there's somebody out there that could probably play the role, but um, yeah, yeah. Well, how never, old is he? Like sixteen? Uh, I think he's seventeen. Maybe he's sixteen here. Oh, it says sixteen. Oh, yeah. it does. Okay. 
a handsome young man with blue eyes and blonde hair. Which, as a writer and a producer, I don't feel the need to specify those kind of traits. <laughs> yeah. You know? Just be yeah. like age. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Age. For me, maybe really. like a style of dress, just so you get an, a sense mm. of like who they are. But uh, yeah. yeah. Aside from that, it's like, I don't know. What does it really matter? Yeah. Um, and here's he does have to be a, a man here. Yeah. But that's about it. Mm hmm. Any other time, I say, if this girl can play that, put her in there. Yeah. <laughs> but really, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Uh, how about Mr. Sir? Could you think of anybody to play him? Um, let me think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of hard. It was kind of hard for me to like separate the movie casting from in my mind from this. Uh, mm -hmm. because in the movie it's John Voight that played him, but he definitely <laughs> would not work in this <laughs> screenplay. Wow, I did not picture that at all. Yeah, I could I could see John Voight as the warden, maybe. Maybe, yeah. But um, I'm just going through here. I actually just went to the IMDb to see what else he's known for. Mm -hmm. I actually pictured Tim Blake Nelson. I could see that. And I see in the known for section that Holes is on there. Yeah. Yeah, he played uh, Pedansky in the really? movie. Really? That's the complete opposite of what I pictured him in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, for see, people at home, he was in uh, Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? And mm -hmm. Which brother was he? Uh, he he was um, the... Uh, he He was like the, I guess, younger one. Um, not the guy that they think is turned into a toad. The other one. <laughs> <laughs> a toad. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's who I pictured for Mr. Sir. Yeah, I could see that. He definitely plays a creep mm -hmm. very well when he wants to. Yeah. And, you know, oddly enough, well, okay, let's, let's just get into this next scene and then um, yeah. I'll talk about Pendansky a little more. Um. Mm. But yeah, so the next sequence, he meets, uh, Stanley meets Pendansky, but also the narrator goes off again and kind of gives us some unnecessary information. <laughs> and Yeah, letters A through F tense. <laughs> yeah, he just mentions about the tense, and it's like, okay, we don't really need to know about that. You could just show yeah. that there's a tent. Um, but yeah, then Pendansky introduces himself. Stanley has a wisecrack, and then um, they're standing outside the camp, and Pendansky takes Stanley over where the others are digging. Um, and yeah, so Pendansky in this screenplay is very like I don't know, pretty cordial and kind of just like a friend to all the people here. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the movie, he's a little bit of a dick. <laughs> like really, yeah. <laughs> but it's Tim Blake Nelson playing him, so you know. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely guess he has to fit that in there. I definitely imagine somebody a little younger for this screenplay. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of like who I would be thinking of. Maybe like a Jay Baruchel. Was he on? Uh, he's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, let me th think of 
something specific. Oh, I got him. I got, got him. him. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking something along the lines of him. Okay. I wish I could do an impression of him, <laughs> just for the people at home. <laughs> How to train your dragon? <laughs> I can't do it, but I actually pictured uh, Luke Wilson. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know if these uh, counselors are supposed to be younger or older, mm-hmm. but. And I tried to think of different people, but I just kept coming back to Luke Wilson for some mm. reason. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Got to feed a little speed to your ride. Know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we need to find Blue Streak. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man. Um, but yeah, I, I really, uh, in this scene, didn't care for. <laughs> Stanley's little like jabs at Pendansky. I don't know. I I thought it was a really big stretch. Oh, uh, whenever Pendansky says, "My name's really easy to remember," Pen, Dance, Key. Yeah. And then and then Stanley turns into Penance and Dyke. Yeah. <laughs> right after the God stuff, I'm like, is this the same kid? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's that threw me off a little bit too. Yeah. I don't know. It just, I don't know. It feels like it was, he was really stretching for him to like say something as a comeback or something. But yeah. he was like, I don't know. I guess this is the best I got. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, if this is a first draft, I can definitely forgive him for like some yeah. bad dialogue or whatever because we all know how rough first drafts can be. <laughs> right. Yeah. Especially when you get on set, the actor could think of something better anyway. Oh yeah, Possibly. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, there is actually one uh, good thing about the narration in this scene. Mm-hmm. When he mentions all the tents, is a uh, much later on towards the end where there, um, there's like multiple groups mm-hmm. digging for the same thing. Because we never really mentioned the tents other than that. Yeah. So I guess that could be the only time when everyone's... You can actually show how many mm. kids are at this camp. Yeah, that's true. They could also but just other than that, have a shot of all the different... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, that's all you need. Yeah, yeah you're right. I'd rather just you're show right. a shot of all of them and then have somebody say, so there are six tents, A through F, <laughs> and you have one, two, three... But yeah. Well, like you said, if you just show it yeah. and then just like swoop into the one tent yeah. where we spend the rest of the movie, yeah. that's all you need. Yeah, that's, I don't know. I think you can do a lot more with showing than telling. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so then we go into a montage of Stanley digging a first his first hole. Mm-hmm. And uh, after a bit, then he is approached by another inmate or camper named x-ray and x-ray then gives him advice on how to dig and uh they discuss what x-ray did to get sent there and they also mention this vague war again and then uh he asks stanley about what he did and stanley doesn't want to talk about it and (laughs) uh that differs a little bit from the movie because in the movie he gets hit with some shoes and then they accuse him of stealing them and he doesn't have any hesitation about mentioning that he got sent there for getting for stealing shoes 
wildly wow. different from this screenplay. <laughs> wow. But we'll get uh, into what that. The, what about the book? Um, Is that how you got it? I, I feel like the movie that came out is pretty similar to the book. I think they okay. stayed pretty close okay. for the most part. Um, that is so <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> yep, yeah, he he kind of went a different direction here. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'd say so. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, yeah. But yeah, so then X-Ray leaves and Stanley is mm-hmm. approached by another inmate named Theo. And Theo mm. gives him some sunscreen and there's another mention of the war and Theo asks what Stanley did and then Stanley refuses to talk about it again. And I kind of thought that was a little repetitive. Um, yeah. Just have them walk up together, maybe. Yeah. Because. But uh, yeah. then let's see. Oh, there's more God stuff with Theo. Obviously. Yeah, Theo is like a, like a very, very much a religious guy. Uh, and this didn't feel forced to me, actually. Yeah, see, he's like, here I found God. Yeah, with with him, That's, it seems like yeah. genuine or whatever. Um, exactly. But yeah, so he, so Theo openly says that he tried to commit suicide, and then they sent him here, and then um, he talks about how meeting the warden is like a really horrible experience and you know <laughs> all that stuff and then and then Theo runs off and we get another montage and then uh Stanley's almost done digging and he gets approached by another guy named Alan and there's another <laughs> mention of the war Alan asks him what he yeah. did and Stanley refuses him again and then Alan confesses that he was in a high-speed chase and crashed into a jack-in-the-box. And <laughs> and then he tells Stanley never to cuss in front of the warden, not even mm. damn or hell. And then Especially hell, yeah. Yeah, and then they have a, I don't know, goofy little exchange there. Um, mm. And then Alan leaves, and then Stanley finishes the hole, and the sun is going down, and... Uh, Mr. Sir drives up in his truck and inspects it, and he says, oh, it's not quite five feet. Then he tells Stanley to dig another hole, and then there's another montage, and kind of get an overhead view of the landscape, and then uh, then we s- were uh, taken to Tent D, and Pendanski lets Stanley in, shows him where his bunk is, and then Stanley just plops down and goes straight to sleep. Yeah. Um so yeah. Uh I don't really care for X ray in this version <laughs> overall. Um kinda going back, but um his uh the way X ray like swears in this kind of reminds mm. me of Shia LaBeouf in iRobot. <laughs> like it seems very Ugh. forced and very just like, why are you even trying to do this? Like, it doesn't exactly. sound right. I don't know. Yeah, it just sounds like, well, the character could be trying too hard, too. Yeah, that's true. Because he is kind of made so. out to be a little bit of a doofus. Yeah. He seems like the kind of kid that just lies about everything to make himself sound cooler. Yeah. I don't know. So it could just be a character thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, actually, that's another difference in the movie. Um,. In the movie, X-Ray is a lot, like, 
I don't know, I guess you could say cooler. Um, and really kind of all the other inmates are like very, they're all kind of like the cool kids or whatever. And they don't really take to Stanley at first. And mm. they, you know, they're kind of like jerks to him and stuff. But, uh, you know, in this, it's kind of different because like they immediately forge like big friendships with him. And Stanley is like the cool kid, and he's like, you know, whatever. But yeah, um, yeah. So I don't know if it's because these guys are all teenagers. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I have a hard time casting them. Yeah, that could be. Because uh, I can't really think of people mm-hmm. except for X-ray in the movie. That seems to fit. Yeah, except for the fact that in this screenplay. He's definitely not black. Because Yeah, but he doesn't have to be white. Well, but there's a specific line right. later in the screenplay because I was originally imagining him oh, as a black that's kid, right. but then that's right. later in the screenplay I'm like, "Wait a minute. Oh, yeah, uh, okay. I guess he's not." <laughs> 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 but yeah. I know exactly what you mean right now. Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, I thought that was a little weird, but <clears throat> Anyway. Yeah, a little jolty. <laughs> but yeah, let's uh, okay go into the next thing here. They have uh, Stanley wakes up the next day to the breakfast whistle, and then he goes to the mess hall with the other prisoners. And then mm-hmm. X-Ray has a little exchange with the cook named Derek, and the cook makes fun of him, and everybody's like, oh! And then <laughs> Stanley sits with the inmates, and they're... Um, joined by Daryl and Anthony who don't get mm-hmm. a whole lot more to do but um then st- yeah this <laughs> oh god uh, well uh, right here mm-hmm. this is the only time they specifically cast uh, skin color mm. it's kind of weird to read yeah cuz goes uh and Anthony black age 17 <laughs> yeah it's like he's the token black guy okay <laughs> But yeah, then uh, Stanley asks what they're digging ab- for, and everyone goes quiet, and they're not supposed to talk about it. Then Alan passes a note to Stanley that says that they're watching and listening, so they need to not, you know, talk about stuff. And that part is kind of the same in the movie, like how they have, like, the whole place bugged and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, one thing about this scene is, like, ugh, the exchange between x-ray and derek was like cringeworthy like yeah (laughs) (laughs) every single Uh, time it comes up i'm just like okay what's coming up this time yeah oh my goodness i don't know it's i'll i mean again it's first draft i can write it off and just say all right next pass maybe he'll come up with something better maybe he'll have an idea (laughs) or something but yeah. Well, they do it like two, three, or four times. Yeah, I think it's like three times. It's just or like something. Once was enough. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like every time. I mean, he's kind of a bigger deal later, <laughs> but yeah, there's there's no uh, there's there's no reason for the group to react the way they do to these burns because <laughs> it's just yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. Oh man, there's it's pretty bad. It's sitcom worthy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just like, oh. <laughs> there's no words. Yeah. Well, I did want to mention something. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they are watching and listening. Mm -hmm. I don't really feel like anybody's watching or listening Mm. because they never mention anything about bugs or cameras. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's pretty much one of the only mentions of it ever in the screenplay. Yeah, because rereading it here, I'm just like, man, they did they aren't. <laughs> yeah, it never comes up again, really. Yeah. Um, but yes. Okay, we can move on, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> then. Uh, Is there anything you wanted to mention? No, I I've already mentioned what I, my thoughts. Okay. Um, but next, they uh every like inmate or camper or whatever in the whole place. Ninety six. Yeah, ninety six of them. They're formed in a circle around a flagpole, and I guess this time they're wearing orange jumpsuits, even though mm-hmm. Stanley was given a blue jumpsuit earlier. I don't. Oh, uh, they did mention they're given three jumpsuits. Yeah, but I don't know. It just seems weird that like, so now they're all wearing orange, and <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'm it with was you. just I don't know. Who knows? Uh, but yeah. So then. They're standing around this flagpole, and there's a dead body laying next to it. And then the warden shows up and tells everybody it's not worth trying to run away because you end up dead like this guy at the base of the flagpole. And then it turns out that the warden is actually two stereotypes in one. He's the <laughs> the Christian zealot, and he's also the, like, you know crazy military guy and Mm -hmm. uh he rants on and on about how uh committing suicide is like the worst thing you can do and it's cowardly and you can never get into god's kingdom by doing it and uh and a difference between the movie and the screenplay and the book is in this the warden is a man in the book and the movie it's a woman so, um, and did he even read the book? <laughs> I doubt it. I think he read like the first 10 pages, maybe read the back cover and was like, okay, I think I got this. Um, yeah. but yeah, so <laughs> to, I don't know. What do, do you have any thoughts on this little section here? It seemed a little convenient that someone died right after Stanley got there. Mm, yeah. Other than that, um, you could, I think you could have had that anywhere in the story. Yeah. Where they you just gather to say, hey, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the warden, like at first, um, the way they describe him, I'm expecting like the full metal jacket yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should probably find his name. But uh, eventually, I started to picture Blake Clark. Uh, Sean Hunter's dad and Boy Meets World. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, because there are he does play some roles where he's really, you know, a hard ass. Yeah, definitely. So the whole way through, that's all I could picture. Yeah, definitely, I could see that for sure. Yeah, and he has that crew cut and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Then next, uh, this is, so this is still day two of Stanley being there, and mm. um, then it cuts to Stanley digging his hole, and Zero comes over to talk to him, 
and mm. he tells Stanley that he's sleeping in that dead guy's bed, and then he leaves, and then Stanley <laughs> almost <laughs> finishes his hole, and he hits something, and it's a bone, and then he puts it in his back pocket, and then Pendansky arrives in a water truck and refills Stanley's canteen, then offers to tape up Stanley's bloody hands, and uh, then when Pendansky uh, tapes up his hands, Stanley's asking him why he took this job and whether he has a wife and kids, and then Pendansky says that his wife was killed in the blast, and then when he's about to leave, Stanley pulls out the bone and shows it to Pendansky, says he found it, and then Pendansky calls for an excavation team, and tells Stanley that he now has the day off tomorrow. And then Theo, X-Ray, and Alan join Stanley in the excavation. And then they have one, they have part of the arm dug up, and X-Ray asks Stanley if next time he finds something, he could give it to him so he could get the day off. And then Stanley mm-hmm. agrees to this, and everybody else is like, Psh, I don't know why you would do that. <laughs> and <laughs> then... uh. They get the entire skeleton unearthed and they discover from her shirt that it's a waitress named Diane and Pendansky realizes that it's his wife. And then the narrator talks about coincidences and reveals that he's one of the other inmates and he says Pendansky told them to put the bones in the incinerator. And the four excavators are in the incinerator room and at, they wonder if they should say something. And then Stanley kind of has a short daydream about uh, Diane working in a re- her restaurant. And then he snaps out of it and puts his uh, puts the skeleton or the skull into the incinerator. No, no, don't they put the skull on a shelf with their other skulls? I thought it said he put it into the incinerator. Maybe I'm because I'm pretty sure there's like a shelf of skulls. Yeah, I do remember seeing the shelf of skulls but i i thought it said that he put it in the incinerator maybe i'm wrong um oh no okay yeah he does put on the shelf i was wrong okay yeah i don't know i don't know anyway uh, oh i think i saw the word incinerator uh, right above that paragraph and i just mixed Mm. it up or something yeah um but yeah so um yeah, I mean, I I th- I thought this is an interesting little twist, but maybe it's a little too convenient. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, this is where we start to get some uh, character development from zero. Yeah, where he's like, "They told you I killed someone, right?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, they said that. And uh, yeah. I just like that little scene where it's not like, you know, I'm not gonna confirm or deny it. Yeah. Right? Or does he say he does? Did he say he did it? Who? Uh, Zero. He doesn't specifically say that he did it. Oh, yeah. That's when, uh, yeah, Zero just walks away mm-hmm. after he's like, yeah, they say, they said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Nice little touch, especially after everyone else came up and asked him what he did. Yeah. And walked away. He just like, hey. Uh, you're sleeping in that kid's bunk. And I guess they're, is this where he mentions they might have been friends? 
Um, Zero and uh, what's the Jonathan Gaines? Mm. Yeah, he said. Uh, Zero says he didn't talk much. Seemed kind of sad. Mm, yeah. Then Stanley says, "Sounds like you two had a lot in common." <laughs> that little line, though, <laughs> it reads kind of like that. Uh, um, what is it? CSI. That guy takes off his sunglasses. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> the two of you had a lot in common. Bow, bow, bow. Yeah, again with the the three periods. Yeah. Oh my goodness! It's just like ugh, stop every pausing. single line <laughs> is just like yeah. Every page has at least like maybe five, six of those. Yeah, because like right after that line we just said, mm-hmm. it's zero. The way I figure it, why talk unless you got something important to say? <laughs> <laughs> You could do that anywhere oh, yeah, on any page. Absolutely. You're right. You're totally right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, what else happened here? Um, oh, okay. Uh, the skeleton. Yeah. It's very important that uh, Stanley promises X-Ray to let him have the next mm-hmm. uh, bone or whatever he finds. Yep. That also happens in the movie. Um, mm. But in the movie, X-Ray is a lot more like threatening about it kind of because he <laughs> really uh, yeah because he's a little more like aggressive or you know a little bit more of a jerk or whatever kind of like hazing the new guy or whatever right. um and kind of intimidates stanley into accepting hmm. so it's a little different right. on that front but um yeah it's still an important part of both stories yeah. Um I like how they give the kids the day off yeah. if they find something. I think that's a very, very good reward system. Mm-hmm. Just in case you, it says they're watching and listening, which we pretty much debunked that. Yeah. <laughs> like right here, that's pretty much the honor system. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Uh, uh oh, yeah. Um this is where we actually find out that the war was on American soil, because mm-hmm. Pendensky says the blast. Yep. Because this whole time, like ninety nine, what war are they talking about? Like the <laughs> Gulf War, or because everybody has a war. Yeah. Every generation has a war. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man, which one? Yeah. This I didn't know they made up their own war. <laughs> yeah. The narrator could have said something like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is like an alternate future. Maybe. Yeah. Hey, maybe this is uh in the Terminator universe. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> so been around the right time. Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, because we don't really see any other towns or anything after the blast. Yeah, this. I mean, honestly, this is very, very much uh, closed off. Um <clears throat> That's actually one of the problems I guess I have with the screenplays. They don't give you a good sense of like the bigger world and like what's actually going on, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it makes more sense in like the movie how it's cl- mm-hmm. a little closed off just because of the way they do the story in that one, but in this it feels like yeah. there should be more that you see mm-hmm. or something or I don't know. Agreed. But yeah, so moving on, the next uh, sequence 
Stanley talks to Zero before they go to bed, and Zero says he thinks that that Jonathan Gaines ran because he was about to turn 18 and got sent to and was would get sent to real prison. And wait, I think I think we skipped over something did here. We? Yeah, that's uh, the girl is actually Pandansky's fiance. Fiance? I thought it was his wife. He says fiance later on. It's Does the first he? draft. Oh, I guess it's a little bit of a contradiction. I don't think there. they really. <laughs> yeah, he says his wife was killed in the blast. I specifically specifically remember uh, fiance being said somewhere. Huh. Anyway, uh, I thought that was another too convenient thing. Yeah. But uh, narrator says about coincidences. Yeah, that's it's <laughs> the way to you know fix it. It's like, hey, it's a little convenient. Yeah. <laughs> and then the narrator's like, hey, isn't that a crazy coincidence? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's sorry. I just wanted to mention. Yeah. That. <laughs> Definitely agree with you there. Um. So now we're moving on to day three. Um, I think this or... is still the night of day two because they're about to go to bed and Zero is saying that he thinks Jonathan Gaines ran because he was about to turn 18 and he would get sent mm. to real prison. And then yeah. uh, he says the nice thing about Camp Green Lake is that the repetition of digging holes every day makes the time go by faster. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, not not a whole lot to say about that little exchange, but yeah, that's no, not too bad. I like it. Yeah. Um. Then we get a little bit of a flashback to mm. uh. There's just like a flash of a girl swimming in a pool, and then Stanley wakes up and sees the words "bury the past" carved in the metal of Theo's bed, and then he and the girl the girl in the pool was age seven. Yeah. To clarify. Mm-hmm. And then he closes his eyes again, and then we get a longer flashback of a younger Stanley at a birthday party for his sister in their backyard, um, his sister Rebecca, and he kind of pesters her with a water gun, and then he gets called inside by his mom to bring out the cake and lead the birthday song. So when he refuses, his mother threatens him with no cake and no having friends over, and so he's like, fine. And then he takes it out. And then uh, we cut to a little bit later, and he's jumping into the swimming pool off of the diving board. And just before he hits the water, an atomic bomb explodes, and he sees the flash and everything. And then he yes. comes to the surface to see the mushroom cloud. And then we get some narration about how each generation has their own moment of disaster like the Kennedy assassination and the Challenger shuttle exploding. And then when somebody detonated a nuclear bomb 70 miles southwest of Dallas, Texas. Um, So it's nice to see a little bit more of the puzzle here. Yeah. Um, I I do like the little flashback. Um, Yeah, I think they could have cut out the uh, part where he wakes up and he's buried (laughs) in the past. Yeah, it's It's a little unnecessary. Yeah, and this is the first time I noticed um, in the script it says, in the flashback, it's following younger Stanley, age 15. Mm. I didn't realize this is only one year Oh, yeah. Ago. Yeah, that's pretty I short know, this This is the first time I noticed. Hmm. Yeah. Um, what else? 
Yeah, and I guess uh, this would have been bef- before um, September 11th happened. So yeah, I guess it would have been like it, yeah, it was. You know, if it would have been written after that, then it probably wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't have worked so well because uh, that would have been. Could just use that. Yeah, that would have been the um, disaster moment for that generation. Right. Which maybe that's why they changed everything so badly. It could be. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I could see that. Oh, and uh, I did like the imagery of Stanley going in the air when the bomb goes mm. off. I just thought that looked cool in my head. Yeah, definitely. So, but then like they go back and repeat it or something. Um, yeah, I didn't really care for that. I I doubt you wrote it down for a note or something, but yeah, I don't. Oh yeah, says like. Um, they could repeat the moment in slow motion. Oh yeah, it's like just go in slow motion once <laughs> yeah. the first time. <laughs> yeah, but that's... like it, at first drafts are hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it anyway. repeats it with the narration and everything. That's what it right. is. Okay. Yeah, they could have just so, done that narration over the first time that it happens. Um, yeah, or just cut all the narration. Yep, they could do that too. <laughs> that would be good as well because i don't know i think seeing that atomic bomb is enough that you're like oh okay yeah. so this is what's happening yeah and even if you're on a budget i love to just cut with the flash yeah you know mm-hmm. um okay so now we move on to day three and stanley wakes up for breakfast and uh Mr. Sir asks why Stanley isn't sleeping in on his day off. And all right, so uh, Stanley says he wants to eat breakfast with the others and then asks if he can save his day off for a later date. And this does not go over well. And Mr. Sir tells him to uh, thank his lucky stars that he even gets a day off and (laughs) tells him to go, uh, you know, whatever. But uh, then the, Inmates go up to Derek again, and <laughs> X-Ray tries once more to zing him, oh. and <laughs> this time about his hairnet, and then Derek comes back with a better comeback and makes the group go, oh, again. For <laughs> so hard to read. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. But then uh, there's another exchange between Derek and another kid about long hairs and short hairs in their food, and <laughs> Derek gets another congratulatory cheer from people. Yep. And then uh, while eating, the inmates ask Stanley uh, what he's going to do for the day, and they offer suggestions. Um, they kind of say that sleeping in is generally a bad idea because uh, you don't want to get spoiled. And then Stanley says he doesn't want to do that anyway. And some others suggest that he listen to music in the rec room. And apparently X-Ray likes country music. And (laughs) then he nearly calls Anthony the N-word for making fun of it. Mm. And uh, Anthony swears. And then the table goes silent, half expecting somebody to come to the table. Nobody does. And then (laughs) Zero tells Stanley to just go to the rec room and hang out since that's where they hang out at night anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, so, (laughs) 
Yeah. The, Are you stopping there? Yeah, that's the, that's oh. the little break here. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I like whenever Stanley tries to save his day off for another time. Mm. And X-Ray says, layaway plan? What the hell do you think this is, Sears? <laughs> I just like how they get back to Sears, oh, an yeah. actual Sears. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you caught that I did not, not catch that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like that, actually, mm-hmm. really going into it. Yeah. And, yeah, the Derek scenes are just <sighs> horrible. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> oh, man. Did they mention his age? Cause uh, I, I would expect he's, like, probably... 18 or 19 maybe yeah because he actually is in uniform later yeah because i mean he's not digging if he was under 18 he would be digging with the rest of them um but yeah yeah. unless he's in another 10 yeah but yeah he's (laughs) oh my goodness that's just uh every time i read this script it's just (laughs) never gets any better (laughs) those little exchanges um yeah Oh, and uh, Anthony, yeah. scene, his scene with the, you're going to call me a bitch. <laughs> I, I said Negro. And everybody's like, Theo's like, yeah, he did. And Anthony's like, no, I know what he said. <laughs> I know what he meant. Um, and honestly, I think it's the only time Anthony even gets to say anything. Yeah, pretty much. So it feels like a very big waste. <laughs> yeah. Because... It's this is like that weird demographic for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I'm probably out of the, out of the. Uh, I'm probably in the minority here, mm-hmm. with the uh, the demographic like the Goonies. Oh, okay. Like as as a kid, I'm like, I think I'm too young for this, and then looking <laughs> back, I'm like, I think I'm too old for this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know, just with all their calm swearing they do it's like pg-13 yeah and then and then you throw in the n-word here i don't know it just threw me off a little bit yeah it, i don't know i i think there's a lot that can be cut out of this yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just completely unnecessary yeah. i mean maybe it it further shows that x-ray is a complete doofus and doesn't mm. i don't know doesn't think yeah but anyway, um, <laughs> yep. So then, moving on. Yep. Um, let's see. Okay, so Stanley goes to the rec room and puts on the Metallica song "The Unforgiven" mm. on the jukebox, and then he starts to rock out to it. And the warden comes in, and the <laughs> warden definitely does not approve of his music choice, but he says that he can do whatever he wants on his day off. And Mm. then Stanley proceeds to break just about every rule that they set forth so far, and the warden doesn't do a damn thing about it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, he's like, uh, he asks why they're digging, and he swears multiple times, and then the warden just doesn't punish him at all or anything. Yeah. Um, Very big letdown. Yeah. And then he tells Stanley that they're digging because it's therapeutic. And Stanley doesn't believe him. And then the warden asks about Rebecca, Stanley's sister, and reveals that he read Stanley's file and knows about the sins Stanley committed to get there. And he says he knows that Stanley is sorry, and he tells Stanley to enjoy the rest of his day off. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 
I didn't really care for his rocking out bit just because I don't know. And it felt very out of oh, place. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like agreed. I, I don't I usually don't like scenes in movies of people rocking out to music because it always feels <laughs> completely unnatural and just like yeah. it's really forced and I don't know. <clears throat> but I like I like on his way to the rec room, he's actually seeing like the other campers mm. from the other tents. Yeah. And they're like, Hey, that's the guy who found Pandansky's wife. Yeah. Or whatever they're whatever they're talking mm-hmm. about. And yeah, I I enjoyed the Metallica song. Yeah, I mean I like but that, but there's there's no reason for him to be air guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah, the one walks in. What are you doing? Air guitar, sir. <laughs> That's like the only, that's probably the best part of the scene for yeah. me. Because everything else is kind of like, yeah, yeah, you could cut that yeah. out. Well, the warden, uh, that's the music of the devil. Mm-hmm. He's not really doing anything new for the stereotype. Yeah. Except for like, it's your day off, do what you want. Mm-hmm. I did like that a little bit. Yeah. Um. And uh, he said he read his file. Mm-hmm. I really like the reveal later, how he... Uh, Really knows. Yeah. Because the first time I read that reveal, I'm like, that's kind of a stretch. <laughs> but then, like, looking back here, it seems like he takes kind of a special interest in him. Mm. Yeah. But then, like you said, uh, he doesn't punish him at all. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like they set it's up just a, like... a whole, up until this point, they <laughs> they set up like, oh, you don't want to meet the warden. He's bad news. Yeah. Oh, man, never, <laughs> ever swear in front of the warden. Not a single yeah. damn, not even hell, especially not hell. Yeah. Uh, don't ask yeah. about why we're digging because that's big no-no. He does all this <laughs> stuff, and the warden's just like, well, you know, you can do whatever you want on your day off, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even a warden says hell somewhere, I think. Uh, so it's like, well, you just destroyed your own. <laughs> thing yeah yeah there's there's some but, uh, inconsistencies here but yeah um yeah so not not a completely solid scene but yeah i think i think with some retooling it could work better yeah um okay so next up we have uh stanley um continuing his day off he strolls through the sea of holes and he has another flashback and in mm. the chaotic aftermath of the explosion, Stanley and his sister get separated from their parents in a big sea of people and they get put in the back of an army truck. And then back in the present, Stanley goes up to Zero and asks if he needs help and Zero hands Stanley a shovel and says that he can have at it. <laughs> and then we get a montage and we cut to several months later and the narrator informs us that Stanley is now the fastest digger at Camp Green Lake. Um, a nice little uh, snippet of flashback. Yep. You know, reveals a little more, but it doesn't give us the whole story. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like that uh, Stanley goes up and offers to help somebody else on his day off. Yeah. That's cool. Um. So it's a nice little character development. You know, you get to see a little bit more yeah. of what he's about. And, like, uh, right before the flashback, he's just walking around mm-hmm. looking at the sea of holes. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I really like that imagery. Mm-hmm. And then uh, everybody has three initials. Yeah. For 
and then a number mm-hmm. for the number of holes they dug. It goes like 55, 34, 189. Yeah. It just shows you how I mean, many, yeah. Because they, they say every day you're here, again, dig a mm-hmm. hole. But I feel like this really, you know, really puts that in concrete for, for showing how yeah. many they really do yeah, dig. Yeah, because when you think about it, it's 96 people digging holes every day. And, yeah. you know, so that adds up a lot. So, yeah. Um, which do they really talk about how they get rid of the dirt? Nope. <laughs> and how do they even drive through this? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's worked out logistically later yeah. on set, but <laughs> still. Um. Yeah. More bad narration during the flashback. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Just show. Even if there's no dialogue, if it's completely silent, I think it's more powerful. Oh, yeah, definitely. Just like uh, Stanley with Rebecca mm-hmm. and losing his mom's grip and just sticking with uh, his sister for a while. Then yeah. the army gets them both and takes them away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think just, if, if you don't need yeah. the narration, just skip it. Like, Yeah. I don't know. Definitely. It doesn't really add anything at all. It doesn't. Um. Yeah, and let's see, what was the other thing? Oh, and they mentioned the radiation sickness without saying radiation. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Yeah. And, yeah, it just kind of blew my mind, but I wasn't surprised at the same time that Stanley wants to dig a hole <laughs> on his day off. Yeah. Yeah. And with Zero, especially, it was <laughs> a nice scene. The guy that can dig it in like less than two hours mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, and um, in the movie, actually, Stanley is like supposedly a really slow digger, so that's mm-hmm. a difference in this. Yeah, I read the uh, he's the quickest camp, he's the quickest digger at cramp. Oh, wow, <laughs> I'm gonna start over again. <laughs> yeah, the narrator says it was then that Stanley became the fastest digger at Camp Greenland. Yeah. It's just like, okay, of course he is. Because <laughs> he's the protagonist. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was cool, though. We didn't mention this. Uh, Zero, no. X-Ray had mentioned uh, how to dig mm-hmm. properly. Talk about compression yeah. and stuff like that. That was kind of cool. Yeah, uh, Yeah, that was neat. Like, they didn't do anything else with it, but it, yeah, nice tidbit. Mm-hmm. Another Derek uh, scene. Yeah, okay, yeah. So moving on, we get Derek's diarrhea bard. <laughs> yeah, uh! we get uh, to lunchtime, <laughs> and oh. it's the next another Derek scene. And um, X-ray asks if Derek's going to open his own restaurant, and Derek says <laughs> maybe when they let him out, and asks if X-ray has any suggestions. Which I don't know why Derek would ask him that. And then nope. X-Ray says, how about Derek's diarrhea barn? And everybody's like, oh, you finally got oh, him. Yeah. <laughs> and for some reason, Ugh. this is considered a win for X-Ray. And and hi-fi worthy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> X-Ray's like, hi-fi, yeah. Oh, man. This. And I don't, I don't like how he wrote that line. Um, it's not dialogue or anything, not narrator. It just says, X-Ray high-fives the others. Dot, dot, dot. 
having finally nailed Derek. <laughs> yeah, it seems a little I pretentious to me uh, that he's like, yeah. yeah, he finally got him. Listen to that good yeah. hit come back. <laughs> I just don't like it when a script uh, tells you how somebody's feeling mm. or whatever. It's like, just show me the visual and the audio. Yeah. That's how I am personally. But this might be good for actors, I guess. I don't. Yeah, know. maybe. Um, I think I think if it like I... really shows you what the character, like how the character is like, you know, appearing, it can mm-hmm. be good. But yeah, if it's just like, yeah, he finally nailed Derek. Like it just you don't need that. <laughs> yeah, it almost reads like a book. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know. But yeah, so I guess a lot of yeah. Go ahead. I Go just... ahead. Oh, Derek, Derek Hawks yep, Alugi. Yeah, Hawks Alugi and the X-ray Sloppy Joe. Joe. Oh, man, you hawked in my burger. <laughs> <laughs> you totally whipped up, man. <laughs> then X-ray sits at the table staring at his food, and he just figures, ah, what the hell, and takes a bite. And then the narrator says the food was awful. And at first I thought this yeah. meant that the narrator was X-ray. It yeah, made, that's exactly what led, I thought. That's what it led, maybe that's what he was going for. Uh, the you know what Richard Kelly was going for here, but maybe um, yeah. So I was like, oh okay, so it's X-ray, and then later I'm like, oh no, it's definitely not X-ray. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, this is definitely the most um, cringe-inducing exchange between Derek and X-ray. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so moving on, we get a montage of sorts with the narrator speaking over mm. top again says it's kind of like a um you know a bunch of shots and the narrator's like going on about stuff like he says the sun was often unbearable and it's a shot of theo and alan digging then he says we were so tired we couldn't sleep and there's a shot of mr sir blowing the wake-up whistle and then over a shot of stanley showering and staring at his calloused hands he says sometimes their hands were so sore they couldn't move their fingers but they followed the rules because there was one thing to look forward to. And then it cuts to the inmates standing in a circle around the flagpole and the warden walks around and stops face to face with Stanley. Stanley is smirking. And then the warden whispers Rebecca to him and wipes the smirk off his face. And then there's a shot of the inmates waking up and the narrator says the thing they look forward to is Sunday, the day of rest. And he says better than sleeping in on Sunday was having Saturday night. And <laughs> then it cuts to the party in the rec room and uh, Fortunate Son by Creedence Clearwater Revival plays on the jukebox and everybody plays pool and foosball. And then Pendansky walks through the crowd, whispers something to Alan, and then Alan tells Stanley Zero and X-Ray that they're going to do laundry duty. And then outside, they put bags of laundry into a pickup truck, and Alan and Zero seem to be the only people excited about it. And then after they're done, Alan jumps into the truck, and he's followed by Zero and Stanley, and X-Ray kind of hesitates, and he's afraid about the warden finding out, but then he's finally coaxed into doing it by Derek and Pendansky. Yeah, so... All right, so, yeah, I I don't really care for... (laughs) this uh narration either i don't think there's any good narration that i can think of (laughs) offhand in here Uh, how'd you feel about the montage do you think it was necessary um i think 
if you're going to do the narration, it's necessary. But mm. other than that, I didn't really think so. Um, <clears throat> I, honestly, I think if you're going to do narration for this, I think you could have just said, like, there was one thing we always look forward to Saturday night or, like, Sunday or something, you know. Just yeah. mention that one thing and then just cut right to the party or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Which they mentioned Sunday, the day of rest mm-hmm. specifically. Like, man, he will not lay off this god stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but then he said Saturday night. I'm like, all right, I'm back in. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And laundry duty, yes. Yep. Oh, I love the dialogue, X-ray. But what if the warden, then Alan, the warden won't know. Just get in. <laughs> it's like right after that very tense, they're watching, they're listening. Yeah. <laughs> They're clearly Ugh. not watching or listening to anything. Yeah. <laughs> and Derek has a pistol now. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, uh, it says here, Derek raises up his pistol just to remind them who they are. <laughs> Ugh. It's just like, I guess he's not an inmate. Well, no. Because why would he, he have... A, some kind of inmate. Because he says later, maybe... Or no, he said in the restaurant exchange maybe if i get parole yeah. yeah so why are they arming him now <laughs> i don't know i'm sorry i know it's first script but yeah i don't know oh, after he raises the gun don't say i never gave you no love and x-ray <laughs> and then x-ray says- x-ray's excited <laughs> holy shit why is he excited about this <laughs> exactly <laughs> is this a fantasy we didn't know about <sighs> Oh, yeah, there's man. no reason for him to have a pistol here. No. <clears throat> anyway, anyway, let's move on to laundry on. duty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, as they're leaving, Mr. Sir eyeballs the truck suspiciously. and Of course he does. <laughs> and then uh, Alan says that they're going to the way station. And Zero says, no wonder everyone wants laundry duty. And then... Mr. Sir goes to the rec room and counts the people there. And then Alan says, it's a couple of hours to the way station. And Zero asks if there's ladies there. And Alan has a dumb line about how it's the way station, not the gay station. And then (laughs) Stanley is revealed to be a virgin. And then in the front seat, Derek and Pendanski smoke a joint. Of course they do. It just seems like it's written by like a <laughs> middle schooler or something. That's actually kind of how I felt the whole way yeah. through this, to be honest. Oh, yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's just, yeah. What is your mindset, Richard? <laughs> but yeah. Okay. So it it continues. <laughs> uh, they arrive yep. at the way station and Pendanski tells the guard the guys in the back are with them on laundry duty. And they pull in, and Pendanski gives the guy civilian clothes to change into. And Stanley asks Derek if they can get Fruit Loops. And Derek says, wow. no, this isn't a Piggly Wiggly. And then they <laughs> finish unloading the truck, and Pendanski asks if they're ready for the last stop. And so then they enter the last stop, which is basically a <laughs> military bar. <laughs> and... I just realized that was the name of the bar. <laughs> I thought I thought he meant the last stop. Uh, oh. But yeah, then X-ray proves to be very lame again. Um, 
Pendansky orders them a beer. And then Alan, Derek, X-Ray, and Zero play pool together. And Derek says that they have about three hours. And Pendansky and Stanley sit at a table talking. And they talk about Stanley most likely going to adult prison when he turns 18. And that it's worse than Camp Greenlake. And they don't mention what Stanley did to get sent there, but Pendansky knows what it is. And apparently, it's pretty bad. And then Pendansky says that since they found his wife's bones, that he's forgotten about her. And Pendansky rounds up the guys and says that he has enough money to get prostitutes for two of them. And he he chooses Stanley because he's a virgin. And Zero. And he has the worst sentence. Yeah. Oh, they both have the worst sentence. Yeah. So that's why they and then Zero, it. yeah, because he has, he's going to be going to jail for life. And so then while Pendansky talks to some prostitutes, X-Ray reveals that he's also <laughs> a virgin and was just lying before. And uh-huh. so then Pendansky comes back with the two women and they take Zero and Stanley upstairs. And then Stanley has sex with a prostitute, which lasts about 15 seconds. And then it specifically says yep. in the script. Yep. <laughs> and then it cuts to the guys on the truck heading back to Camp Green Lake. And Stanley has a flashback to him and his sister running through the woods. And his sister can hardly keep up with him and then starts coughing up blood. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, overall, this little sequence, um, I didn't really care. It's not bad. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't care for most of it, but. I get the point of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like how the uh, guards don't really care that there's a bunch of inmates in the back of the <laughs> <Yeah>. truck. <laughs> there's like, just put some civilian clothes on them. <laughs> and then they conveniently have civilian clothes for everybody. Yeah. And he specifically orders six Budweiser's at the yep. bar. Uh, yeah. Like I said, the whole script felt like it was written while this guy was in middle yeah. school. But this scene clearly exemplifies oh, yeah. Definitely. more than anything else. <laughs> but uh, on the grown-up side, I like how he does mention, uh, compared to adult prison, this is Pendansky says this, Camp Green Lake is like summer camp. Mm, yeah. Which, whenever they said right away, uh, dig a hole and the rest of the day is mm-hmm. yours, I was like, yeah, that that fits a kid movie pretty much, <laughs> probably. But then it took him all day too. Yeah. So I like I like that mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, it's like your free time depends on how long it takes you to dig the hole. So Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it all fits together yeah. pretty well. And the prostitute was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, this is the only time I actually pictured you as Stanley. Because yeah. <laughs> it specifically says they awkwardly make love. I'm just like, that feels like some Eric would write. <laughs> and then it says 15 seconds. I just start yeah. laughing. <laughs> yeah, they don't even oh, do anything with Zero. It's just the scene between Stanley and his prostitute. I feel like they're trying to make Zero, like... Less is more, mm. makes him cooler. I don't yeah, know. Maybe. I don't know. Because he's, what, a year older? Or I thought he was younger. I'm not I sure. Um, 
but anyway, yeah, he uh, gets his own prostitute. Yeah. They say it so blatantly too. Mm-hmm. It's like they're not even trying to hide it. <laughs> Pandansky only has enough money for two prostitutes. <laughs> Man, I hope he got a, like a refund for fifteen seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the dialogue with the prostitute mm-hmm. though, because. Uh, didn't Stanley ask her how she got into this? Yeah, and he just says and it's complicated. Like, yeah, and he just lets it go. Yeah. That. Oh, uh, she says, put on a condom. He says, don't worry about me, I'm clean. And she says, I'm not worried about yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Just, I don't know why, but I feel like she got more character development oh. <laughs> than ha- half the other campers. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I do oh. like how... Um, like they just hug at the end, just because he needs yeah, somebody that was to very nice. you know hug him. I thought that was good. Yeah, I liked it too. Then X-rays dialogue. I really am a virgin. I mean, I've stuck my <laughs> finger in a few girls, but that's it. Oh, <laughs> it kind of kills the momentum they had going. Yeah, oh man, I I feel like the character of X-ray. <laughs> Is just kind of like a real life Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> like he just kind of like, like if every scene they would just take out X-ray, it would kind of be okay for the most part. It's just like every time he says something, it's just kind of like, okay, well you took me out of this. This is not <laughs> pretty much something. Yeah, it, it's like because the thing is, most of the movie tries to be, or most of the screenplay tries to be serious. And when X-Ray does his, like, little stupid lines, it just kind of, like, ruins the whole tone of everything. It does. I don't think that's really... I don't think that's how you're supposed to use comedic yeah. relief characters. It's just... I didn't care yeah. for it. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, after the 15 seconds. <laughs> I I just love this dialogue. It feels it feels like there's a lot more thought put into mm. this, and a lot of Pandansky's dialogue seems really thought yeah. out too. But uh, yeah, after he climaxes, Stanley says, "So was that as good for you as it was for me?" <laughs> and she just laughs so hard. He's like, "You're not supposed to laugh." <laughs> yeah, that that uh, is one it, of the yeah. few uh, lines uh, comebacks from or like you know, jokes from Stanley that actually work for me. Yes. His other exactly. ones are kind of like, okay, well that's stretching it a little too far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know why the way station is like, I know it's, I guess it is a halfway mm-hmm. point. So I guess there is more thought put into yeah. it. But yeah, I think it really stands out from the rest of mm-hmm. the movie. Totally. Well, actually, how was this in the movie? Um, Did they even go I, here? don't know if that actually is in the movie. It seems like very un-Disney. Well, yeah, see, the thing is, <laughs> it, I, okay, it, I'm pretty sure it does not happen in the movie because in the movie, Pendansky is a little more of a jerk and not like a friend to right. the inmates, so he would never do this in the movie. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, well, um, moving right along. Anyway. We yep. got back to another helicopter yep. shot. Um, 
the inmates are in a circle once again. And then uh, the warden says that four men were unaccounted for last night, and whoever it was Ugh. needs to step forward. And then when no one does step forward, he has Mr. Sir beat Theo because he knows he's an innocent guy. And then Stanley mm-hmm. steps forward and confesses. And then Zero. I'm Spartacus. <laughs> and then Zero <laughs> steps forward, then Alan, and then X-Ray. And then uh, Stanley just brazenly cusses out the warden. And he's just generally his, you know, insubordinate self. And the warden doesn't really punish him for that at all. Um well, yeah, yeah well, kind of, but yeah, Stanley asks him to stop beating Theo and punish the people who deserve it, and then the warden has Mr. Sir kick Theo again, and then Stanley rushes at him, and uh, Mr. Sir knocks him to the ground and pins him with his foot, and then the other three run after Mr. Sir, but Mr. Sir puts his gun to Stanley's head, and they stop, and then uh, Mr. Sir lets Stanley go. And the warden says they will all now be digging two holes each day. And then Stanley apologizes to Theo. Um, yeah, so overall, I thought this was a pretty decent scene. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like they're just kind of wasting time <laughs> until they got to the way station. Because this is where everything really kicks into high yeah, gear, I think. Yeah, definitely after this, it kind of finds its legs and... Um, a lot of it yeah. works pretty well. Um, yeah. But yeah, this was definitely, uh, this scene definitely worked for me. Yeah. I even like how after um, where we end here, Theo's on the ground coughing up mm-hmm. blood. Stanley says, I'm sorry. And Theo even says, you're forgiven. Yeah. You're forgiven. I feel like they really made Theo, you know, the Jesus character. Because... Yeah. It's hard to imagine a lot of other people, you know, forgiving mm-hmm. someone like this. But yeah, with Theo, so, you definitely believe him, and yeah, it, he definitely has serious yeah, faith. It, yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting, like how it just seems like natural for him, but like yeah, yeah. and it, it, now that I think about it, it is kind of interesting how they have the two sides of the coin. They have Theo, mm-hmm. who's like you know. It's very natural, and he's very sincere. And then you have the warden, who's just like this off-the-wall, like, you know, crazy, you know, um, extremist who's on the other side of the religion coin. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, that that kind of makes it... Yeah, it actually works out very well. It's just so odd Mm -hmm. that the warden is choosing (laughs) Theo for this, given their religious... Differences, I guess. Well, I guess that's not strange. Yet. Yeah, it could be. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe he's like, ah, you're a hippie. <laughs> Jesus is strict. <laughs> I don't know. And then Thea's like, like you said, he's just a much more authentic yeah. kind of believer. Mm-hmm. So that's why it was a little bit harder to see him yeah. get beaten. And that's probably why because, it works yeah. so well. Is like, you know, it's like hard to see him be the one that takes mm-hmm. all the punishment right but yeah um yeah, anyway so moving yeah. on i yeah, like me it. too <laughs> uh so then uh mr uh, pendansky goes up to mr sir and he says 
Mm. Uh, they'll never find, you know, this mysterious thing that they're looking for. And Mr. Sir says, oh, yes, they will. And <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, days later, Mr. Sir brings up the water truck and Stanley comes to get a refill. And Mr. Sir fills up his canteen and then dumps it into the sand. And that part also happens in the movie, but for a different mm. reason. So I'm assuming that's in the book. Because, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, in in the movie, it's... Uh, he finds uh, something... I don't know. Anyway, it's because... The warden beat up Mr. Sir because he was made out to be like a liar or something. And so then Mr. Sir had it out for Stanley. Mm. And so that's why he did that. Anyway. Um yeah. I feel I feel like uh I couldn't really tell if they were actually punishing Stanley here. Mm. If that was part of the punishment or if Mr. Sir was just being a dick. Yeah. Cuz like you said before, uh in the rec room, the warden doesn't reprimand Stanley at all for swearing and asking mm-hmm. what breaking all the yeah. rules. And right here, after they beat Theo, they didn't establish any kind of punishment system mm-hmm. for them at all. But then we get here. Uh, I, I just hate how Mr. Sir spills the water mm-hmm. in the ground. It's just so wasteful <laughs> to begin with. Yeah, Like, just hand him the empty canteen and kick him away yeah. or something. That's probably what I'd think. To yeah, do. in this context, it doesn't I'll, really, I don't know, make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like the Warren's punishment. It feels like Mister Sir's being yeah, a dick. pretty much. So it's hard to tell <laughs> what the real repercussions are for laundry yeah. duty. <laughs> uh, Seriously. Yeah, and then but then um, after that, uh, during Stanley's dig, he finds something. And it looks like some kind yep. of a spark plug slash hammer kind hammer. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then he puts it into his pocket and give and he to give it to St- X Ray later because he made the deal. Um mm-hmm. then Stanley gives it to X Ray at dinner. And the next day, X Ray pretends to dig it up when he's halfway down and tells Pendansky. And then Pendansky takes the, the hammer to the warden who marks where it was found on a map on his wall and then says it's what they've been looking for. And then he tells Pendansky to get a 10-man excavation team and never to betray him again. And then <laughs> Pendansky tells X-Ray to pick his excavation team. And I don't know how he's going to pick 10 guys because apparently he only hangs out with like four. <laughs> uh but yeah, then X-Ray and, you know, the usual guys dig a giant hole mm-hmm. and the warden arrives in military fatigues and tells them to mm-hmm. expand the perimeter. And then there's another montage as the hole grows and people carry away dirt and wheelbarrows. So now they're taking care of the dirt, whereas before, yeah. I guess they weren't. Um they didn't really mention it, yeah. But yeah, then X-Ray is very loudly ecstatic about finding what they were looking for, and Theo keeps telling him to shut up. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> then Stanley and Zero agree to keep quiet for the moment about the fact that they're digging in the wrong spot, and 
Uh, nighttime comes and the big lights get set up and Mr. Sir is now in military fatigues as well. And he has a fresh crew cut and they switch Mm -hmm. out the current diggers for a new crew. And uh, Stanley and Zero are in the rec room and they put on loud music so they can talk to each other. Although if I was going to put on music to mask talking to somebody i would not pick <laughs> stairway to heaven because it's kind of a quiet song <laughs> yeah. uh this would be a good time for unforgiven yeah oh yeah Again. absolutely <laughs> i don't know um but then stanley and zero are in the rec oh wait no i just said that okay i lost my place here we go they discuss whether or not to tell the warden because they'll never find what they're looking for otherwise um Mm-hmm. They just kind of don't really come to a decision, but basically they agree to not say anything for the moment. Um, and they yeah. also say that the other option they could do is run. Um, and then uh, cuts to Stanley laying in bed and X-Ray comes up and asks what to do. And Stanley says they do nothing. And the warden will always make an example out of a liar. So there's no reason to say anything. And then Theo overhears their conversation. Um, so yeah, this uh, this little sequence. Um, I think it works. I like it. Yeah, like you said, um, it's really fine in its mm-hmm. legs here. The story. Um, what else? Not a whole lot to say about. It. It's pretty direct. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of weird how. Um, Wow. It's weird how Mr. Sir just suddenly gets the <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and him and the Warden are both in military mm-hmm. uniform. I don't know. It didn't feel... I don't know how to say it. Just, I guess they're trying to make this transition to the military totally taking over yeah. the camp. So I guess it works in that sense. It's like they were military hiding out as camp you know, people or whatever. Right. And X-Ray yelling about his find <laughs> is just... <laughs> I don't know. Like, everybody's so curious what they're looking Mm -hmm. for. And it's like, don't make a big deal about it. He's like, well, I found it. (laughs) I don't know. It's just. I'm I'm very surprised that he has survived this long in the story. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I just thought of a casting decision Mm -hmm. for him. Would be a short round. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would be good. Got it, Dr. Jones. <laughs> I'm sorry if that's racist to anybody listening. But that's my impression. Anyway. Oh, and um yeah, now there's uh suddenly officers mm-hmm. here setting up the lights mm-hmm. and everything. I feel like they came out of nowhere. Because yeah. even like one of them's like no talking and just keep digging. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they didn't bring like backhoes and stuff like actual yeah i feel like if they're gonna bring in like trucks and all that stuff just bring in a big you know some kind of machine to like dig a giant hole a lot easier i don't know yeah you think i don't know unless they're worried about damaging it with shovels oh yeah that could be if maybe they're going for like you know if they dig with shovels then it'd be easier to like know when you found the thing because right. maybe if you're digging with a big giant machine, it might get lost in the dirt or something. Yeah. Oh man, there'd be a twist. <laughs> you said they found the thing. Yeah. <laughs> they find the thing from John Carpenter. 
man. Anyway, um, uh, I guess we can move yeah, on. Um, yeah, not a whole lot. Oh, I, I did like how I liked how Stanley and Zero agreed to just keep mm. quiet because I think everybody knows this is what they're mm-hmm. looking for at this point. Yeah, this this is happening um, like pretty close, you know, towards the end of the movie. This is or like towards the um, end of the screenplay because it's this is like the yeah, so there's the um third act this is like the beginning of launching into the third act um yeah i'm going off the scroll bar here we're about a quarter of the way down Uh, we've got about a quarter of the way Mm -hmm. to go yeah and um yeah yeah and in the movie this happens like halfway through yeah really and it's actually Hmm. the uh yeah like and it, it obviously doesn't happen exactly this way because it's not like military people or anything. Um, and it's kind of more like they're not just digging a giant, like square rectangular, like hole. They kind of build like tunnels or something. I don't know. It's, it's a, a little different the way they do stuff, but yeah. Anyway, this, this happens a lot earlier in the movie. Um, so, all right. So now, um, the pit is now seventy feet across and fifteen feet deep, and it's mm-hmm. sunrise, and the night crew switches out with the day crew, and then they find a skeleton of an auto mechanic mm. named Gordon Barclay, and Anthony gets some more to do here. He digs at a w- at the wall <laughs> and into some concrete. And then a stream of water pours into the pit. And then somebody tosses a cigarette on the ground and it ignites <laughs> this water <laughs> and it reveals it to be gasoline. And oh, then man. Pendansky helps people scramble out of the pit. And uh, then there's a flashback to Gordon working on a truck at a gas station. And he sees the white flash and um, of the nuclear explosion. And then the narrator says it took it took four hours to put out the fire, and one of the inmates got second degree burns, but he got early parole. And then yep. uh, Theo gives Stanley a kind of cryptic message about how everything happens for a reason, and the narrator tells us that was the last time they ever saw Theo, except for that was a lie. And Mister. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I totally forgot about that. Then Mr. Sir leads Theo into the warden's office and says he has something he'd like to tell him. Um, yeah. I don't know. So what are your thoughts about this little <laughs> sequence? Oh, I love how there's a military guy smoking a cigarette. <laughs> and he just happens to toss it. Yeah, this is very convenient. <laughs> yeah. And oh. I don't understand how they don't smell that it's not water. Because, like... The second yeah. you smell gasoline, like it's very, very strong. You know, yeah. <laughs> but guys, water <laughs> it smells funky though. And like, if it's pouring in as much as it is in this scene, like, there's no way you're not gonna smell that. <laughs> oh, then yeah. again, if maybe they don't know what gasoline smells like, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of a stretch. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to come up with something to. I know, I know. Figured out, but anyway. But I don't know. Yeah, man, how strong is Anthony? <laughs> He's just like digging and chink. Oh yeah, keep going through this concrete yeah. here. 
<laughs> yeah, usually well, people use like jackhammers to dig into yeah. the concrete. <laughs> but oh, and then uh, Theo uh, looking straight into Stanley's <laughs> eyes. Everything happens for a reason. The fire was no coincidence. It was God, Stanley. It was God showing us the way home. <laughs> he walks off alone into the night, and that was the last time we ever Except saw Theo. For the next that was the narrator. Scene, said the narrator. Again. <laughs> I completely forgot about yep. that. But yeah, I like how people are starting to leave the camp mm-hmm. here. Like uh, whoever got burned, yeah. was he named? Uh, I don't. I don't. Anyway, yeah, I think it names him, but there's no reason really because. Says Mickey right. Johansson, but we've never seen him before, except for maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why didn't you make that Alan? Yeah, like just somebody that we like know already. Somebody, yeah. yeah. Um, I just love this narrator, <laughs> and that was the last time that we ever saw Theo. Uh, Bullshit! Yeah, it's, like, it's so soon after that <laughs> that they see him again. But okay, we'll we'll get into that. Um, okay, to the warden's yeah, office. So, uh yeah, in the warden's office, yeah, like Mr. Sir brings Theo in and um they don't really say anything. But then it cuts to mm-hmm. Mr. Sir waking up Stanley and he takes him zero and X-ray out to um the east sector and they stop and they see Theo in front of a freshly dug hole. <laughs> <laughs> And then the warden says that if any of them have any info on the excavation to speak. And Stanley asks again what they're digging for. And the warden just says something important. And Stanley says he can give up. He can't give up the info if he doesn't know what the repercussions are. And he doesn't want to live with that guilt. And then the warden reveals that Stanley killed his sister. And, uh... Then X-Ray pleads for Stanley to give up the info. And then the warden dangles a pardon in front of Zero, trying to persuade him to tell. And Zero says that it was him that found the coordinates, or that found the thing, and then he gives up the coordinates. um, And then the warden rips up the paper and says that all three of them will be sent down south. And then he orders Mr. Sir to lock them in the incinerator room. And as Mr. Sir approaches them, Zero makes a break for it, and he starts running. Mm. And Mr. Sir lines him up in his scope, even though he says he'd never waste a bullet, and there's no point in shooting anybody, because if they run, (laughs) they're going to die (laughs) from thirst. Uh, Yep. (laughs) So, But then the warden tells him to fire, and Theo knocks Mr. Sir to the ground, and Stanley picks up the gun, pointing it at the warden, and then they take the truck keys and hop in except for Theo, who chooses to stay behind. And then X-Ray and Stanley drive out to Zero, and Theo struggles with the warden, who ultimately shoots him. And then Zero hops in the truck and tells X-Ray to drive them to Mexico. So yeah, we... (laughs) They obviously meet up with Theo right after they said that it was the last time they saw him. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Well, he wasn't too far off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess they can't really say, and that was the last time we saw Theo after this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. obviously. <laughs> obviously, yeah. Oh. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, um, another reason to cut out most of the narration. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really liked whenever the warden tore the uh, parole mm-hmm. apart, the parole mm-hmm. papers, and then uh, Zero's eyes slowly close. Yeah. That's that's the kind of characterization I like to read in the script. Yeah, for sure. Like, let the let the actor tell their mm-hmm. own story with that character, you know. But you know, give them some direction, yeah. obviously. Um, yeah, I like how they keep lying to the warden anyway. Yeah. Because uh, what else can they mm-hmm. really do? And yeah, I feel like the. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Mr. Sir gets that rifle out of nowhere. <laughs> they didn't establish that any time. Yeah. But uh, uh, cinematically, it is a good shot of him putting his mm-hmm. eye to the scope, putting the crosshairs directly on Zero's yeah. back. Just would have been nice if they didn't know, have Theo. that line earlier in the script where he's like, I ah, don't worry about my gun. I don't use it except for killing lizards, yeah. which they also never mention again. Yeah. <laughs> in the movie, right. it's a really big oh. deal, the lizards. But in I, I this, like, they completely just never mention it again. Yeah. And he says he never yeah. wastes a bullet, makes a big deal about it, and he's <laughs> just about to kill everybody with, you know, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like yeah. that whole first part of this script is completely separate from this last part. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's some more... I guess uh, Christian stuff yeah. in this. Whenever Theo attacks, because it says oh, dot 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 <laughs> when <laughs> when suddenly Theo emerges from his hole like David with a large rock and bashes Mister Sir in the back yeah. of the head. I'm just like ah, oh, who's supposed ah? Oh. I guess that's for the I actor. Guess, maybe I don't know. you just I don't. I, I just don't, don't like need, that. Yeah, you don't need to get that. Like, I don't know. It 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 just doesn't need to be that complicated. Just say he emerges from the right. hole with a large rock, bashes Mister Sir. Yeah. Oh yeah. I guess I actually kick Theo in the hole and start to yeah. bury him. That's another way they're trying to. Poor Theo. Yeah. They're like, tell us where it is, so we bury him <laughs> alive. It's like, man, why yeah. him? Why not X-ray? Yeah, anyway. Very X-ray. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, back to this. Uh, but, uh, they also have some good characterization with the mm-hmm. warden uh, when he has no emotion on his face when he draws his pistol and shoots mm-hmm. Theo. Yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I like the yeah. imagery. Not for Theo, obviously, <laughs> but yeah. Um Oh, and Stanley getting the gun, and oh mm-hmm. man, like like you said at the very beginning with this, it's just like he says, "Don't think I won't kill you." When well, the beginning, every bullet is a wasted yep. bullet. It's like, oh, <laughs> make up your mind. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, every bullet is a wasted so, bullet, uh, except for uh, later when I'm gonna when I need it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Uh, I like the getaway though. I was really worried that Richard Kelly was gonna like 
have zero like kind of disappear mm. and like Stanley and X-Ray wouldn't find him. I was a little <laughs> worried about that until Stanley's like, there he mm-hmm. is. And they pick him up, obviously. Yeah, he covered a lot of ground uh, in that time span. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Poor yeah. Theo. Uh, Theo saved us, Stanley mm-hmm. says. And, uh, um, yep. Yeah. All right, so uh, next yep. part here. Uh, it cuts to later, and they're driving the truck, and it crashes into a ditch, and mm-hmm. uh, the airbags deploy, and the only one that's really hurt is X-Ray, and he starts coughing up blood. And then Stanley and Zero help him out of the truck, and as Stanley is surveying the area, he notices that there's an underground parking garage. And they take X-Ray down into it and then search the cars. And a lot of them are either empty or have skeletons inside. And uh, Stanley finds some clothes in a Macy's bag. And they start searching for other supplies. Uh, Zero says that they really need to tape X-Ray up because he's in pretty bad shape. And I guess Zero is some kind of medical genius. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, Stanley goes into Sears uh, that they find and it connected to the parking garage. And he goes mm-hmm. in and looks for a blanket. And he stumbles upon a living room, like a mock living room setup. And then it cuts to later and uh, he has a kerosene heater and they're all sitting there at the in the living room. X-ray is laid out on the couch. And pretty sure he's gonna die. Yeah, um, yeah. X-ray seems pretty sure he's going to die, and he says the worst thing is that he's still a virgin. And <laughs> uh, then he asks Stanley and Zero what it feels like, and <laughs> Stanley says it's the best feeling in the world, and Zero <laughs> says it can't be described with words. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, that's so bad. I just wish. I really wish I showed Zero's <laughs> sex scene now. Yeah, it's probably just as awkward as Stanley's. Probably. <laughs> oh. They yeah, very much high school writing right there, or yeah. middle school even. Um, but yeah, maybe. Maybe those are age appropriate responses because they're supposed to be like sixteen, seventeen, but yeah. I don't I don't yeah. know. I agree just, with that. It just sounds like they have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. But yeah, so then uh Zero asks Stanley why he killed his sister. And then we get the fla- the flashback that sheds the whole light on the subject. And um, he says that his sister was getting really sick like everyone else. And then they finally made it to a military hospital. And her throat closed up and they gave her a tracheotomy. And then after three weeks of watching her suffering get worse, he took her breathing tube out and ended her suffering. And then somebody saw him do it and they took him off to the camp. And as... X-ray start and then it comes back to the present and as X-ray slips more and more out of it, 
he imagines what the store looked like back in the day with all the people walking around and stuff um because he says he has x-ray vision <laughs> uh, that's another thing uh early on when x-ray introduces uh. himself to stanley uh in you know the first couple pages or whatever he says um like i stanley says why do they call you x-ray he's like because i got x-ray vision and he's like, don't worry, they'll give you a stupid nickname too. And they never like do. Said, yeah, yeah, they never do. <laughs> In the movie they do because they call him Caveman. Although, oh, yeah. Although, like, in the movie, they don't say that the nicknames are, like, stupid or anything. They just, they, I don't know. Their nicknames in that are pretty serious. They're like, no, you have to call me by my nickname. That's my name. <laughs> and... <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I feel like Richard Kelly was just like, these nicknames are so stupid. I'm just going to forget about it. <laughs> Here's the thing. X-Ray is the only nickname. Well, Zero is it. also a nickname, but they don't really mention that in the, the in oh, this yeah. script. They just call him you Zero. Got you got it. But, you got me. But other than that, like, yeah. Cut that out. Every, <laughs> every one of them is just their regular name. Yeah. Um, Man, how do I forget about Zero? <laughs> Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, because X-Ray says, I have X-Ray vision. I can see through space and time. Mm-hmm. And then they show him, uh, well, they, they get some sweaters and stuff yeah. from the Sears bag. And uh, her name is Mona Steiner. Mm-hmm. And he says, I can see her. She wants me to have this stuff <laughs> with my X-Ray vision. And I don't know if I really like all the the daydream scenes where they look back at the mm. people that already died. Yeah. I don't know. It didn't really jive well with the rest of it, I thought. Yeah, it kind of takes you out of it a little bit. Yeah. Like, if you're really focused on that, that could be, like, a separate survivor story yeah. about the end of the world. But here, it just feels a little thrown in. Because mm-hmm. really, and all I you need to see is Stanley's, you know, perspective of it. Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, overall a pretty decent scene, but yeah, you know, obviously can't be described in words. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just don't feel like trying to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, didn't last very long. Uh, and these are X-rays' last words, I think. Yeah. You are my friends. You are my best friends. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So next, then Stanley and Zero uh, dig X-Ray a grave. And and then the narrator is revealed to be Zero. And he tells us, or no, then I should mention that Zero says to Stanley, that's the last hole I'm ever going to dig. Except for the next scene where he goes with Stanley to dig in the <laughs> hole. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's just a character trait of Zero. He he Maybe. says something and then he immediately goes back <laughs> on it. <laughs> oh, yep. Um, oh, I love how at the beginning they talk about how unlucky Stanley is. Yeah. And then here's Zero. <laughs> He's narrating. It was a fact known by everyone at Camp Green Lake that Stanley had a knack for finding things. Yep. <laughs> like he found the Sears. He found mm-hmm. the everything. So ridiculous. 
Uh, yeah. So then they go back to Camp Green Lake to finish what they started, and they go back to the <laughs> hole where Stanley found the spark plug hammer in the first place, and they just start digging with their hands. Uh, then Ugh. they unearth a metal box, and inside it they see 23 more spark plug hammers. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Stanley just concludes that it's some kind of weapon that ejects the spark plugs, and he thinks the first one that was ejected started this whole war. Of course and it did. <laughs> and it kind of makes you question his actions a little later, but we'll get to that. <laughs> But yeah, so Mr. Sir stumbles upon them and tells them to get out of the hole. And then the warden comes up as well. And Mr. Sir is about to shoot Zero when he suddenly flinches and falls face first into the ground. Mm -hmm. And you see one of the spark plug things sticking out the back of his head. So apparently Stanley's like, man, I think this thing is the whole thing that started this whole war. (laughs) Immediately uses it without with complete reckless abandon. Wait, are you sure that's how it happens? I'm pretty sure. Because I thought, the way it reads to me, is Stanley and Zero get out of the hole, and uh, they're like facing away. They're, uh, Mr. Sir is between the hole and them. Mm-hmm. And then when suddenly there is a loud electrical snapping sound. Mm-hmm. Stanley and Zero look down in shock at the back of Mr. Sir's head. And that's mm-hmm. when they see the blade of the spark plug embedded in the back of his skull. Mm-hmm. Silence. The way I was interpreting this is the machine is some kind of AI or something. Or it's one of God's coincidences <laughs> that this thing launches and kills one man. Mm. But let's see. Well, I, just, I just read it. I'm reading from script directly. They never really say how big this box is, so... Yeah. I, I was just assuming that it was, like, maybe the size of a briefcase, and I was Could. picturing Stanley hand holding it, and then before Mr. Sir could uh, shoot Zero, he activated it, and mm. it shot the thing into a Mr. Sir's head, and he didn't know what it would do, so... That's why they're shocked about it. Oh, I didn't really read it that way. I thought it just hmm. fired on its own. Because they're both surprised. Well, I guess you'd be surprised anyway if it worked. Hmm. Every hammer is a wasted hammer, Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure he didn't do that. The way I read it anyway. Because hmm. then uh, another one launches and kills the warden. Yeah. Which I thought was just Stanley doing it again, but <laughs> I don't know. Maybe don't maybe know. you're right. I don't know. Either way, what happens is the yeah, uh, the I'll let you cover this. the The thing just whatever that thing is, whoever's doing it, it kills uh, Mister Sir, and then um, and then it also kills the warden as he's about to shoot them. Um, and then we get like a little montage with some narration and we have, uh, it's, uh, the narrators saying 
that he sees the connection between everything. And you see Jonathan Gaines running and Mr. Sir shooting him, which again, he says that there's no reason to shoot them when they're running because they're going <laughs> to die in a couple days anyway. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. He just shoots everybody. I don't uh, know. Maybe I don't know. I don't think Richard Kelly cares. Yeah, I what he I says. I don't think so. I I think in the beginning he was trying to stay close <laughs> to it, and then after a while yeah. he's just like, "No, nah, I'm just gonna take this in a different direction." Yeah, I'll fix it in draft two. I said. <laughs> but yeah, then um, then it cuts to a shot of Mister Sir dead, and cuts to Pandansky's wife smoking a cigarette and then her bones and, you know, goes on and on mm. different stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then a truck approaches and Pendansky gets out and he tells them to start digging. And then they bury <laughs> Mr. Sir and the warden and Pendansky gives Zero and Stanley military fatigues. And then they leave in the truck and the guard at the gate is actually Derek and mm-hmm. he lets them through. And then Pendansky, Zero, and Stanley are now on a transport ship. And then they toss the metal case in a duffel bag over the side. I guess mm-hmm. they, I guess they do say how big it is because it fits in a duffel bag. Right, right. Um, but yeah, and that's that's the end. Yeah, uh, I don't know how I feel about the montage. Yeah. Uh, reading it as I was reading it, I thought it was powerful. Mm-hmm. But then they kind of catch you up. Right to where they were. Yeah. Uh, showing uh, X-ray dying or wrapped in the sweaters, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I just remember thinking, we just saw this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I always hate when a flashback does that. Pendansky. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mr. Sir, Warren, Pendansky, all showing up when they do. <laughs> I I don't know. I, I just want to ask Richard Kelly his... Like does he even does he really believe in God and coincidences this much? Because <laughs> I feel like he writes this into everything he can. That's true. Yeah, he he, he is like, a big fan of coincidence. I guess, or God. I can't tell yeah. with him. Ah, <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, yeah, the whole thing's just really convenient. Mm-hmm. That's good and bad, I guess, for what they're telling trying to do. Yeah. Uh, Derek is suddenly guard duty. <laughs> It could I don't know. Yeah. It could have been anybody, but I guess Derek would definitely let them through. Yeah, but I mean, they're all in military fatigue, so if it's anybody, yeah, they're, they're going to let them go. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. Definitely. It doesn't need to be him, except no. for to just save on getting actors. Just hire, <laughs> get the same guy, do different parts. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, it does. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so they, I'm pretty sure he wasn't on parole at all. Yeah. Either that was an act or Richard Kelly forgot again. <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait to read George Lucas' stuff. That's just as great. <laughs> All right. Yeah, um, I, mean, I don't know. And then... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, right when they're about to leave, Pandetsky says to Derek, laundry duty. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's just like we just said. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's like an unnecessary yeah. callback. I don't know. Yeah, it's unnecessary. I like how they throw it and the, they throw the weapon into the ocean. Mm-hmm. 
even though it just saved all of their lives. <laughs> like, on its own. That's, well, that's how I read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess Yeah, because you, you never really it. find out what it actually does or yeah. anything about it. And that pissed it. me off. That pissed me off to no end. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like it's a little bit weak of an ending. Yeah. Just because it kind of, like, if it's the whole thing is, like, from, like, at least the halfway point or a little after that, you know, it starts really building up and building up to something. And then this last, like, five minutes is just completely rushes through, like... Yeah. It's like, <laughs> there's this big, powerful weapon that they're looking for, and then they find it, and it's like, hey, we don't know what it does. Toss it in the ocean. Done. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I, I just like to l- know a little bit more about it. Yeah, especially for Pendanski, who is in the military, mm-hmm. who... I guess he knows what it is because he wants to get rid of it. Yeah, I guess. But, yeah. I, I don't know. know. <laughs> it's just... And it, they're talking about how powerful this weapon is and how important <laughs> it is. And all it really comes down to is throwing knives. <laughs> or less. <laughs> yeah, apparently all it does is just launch a knife into somebody's head or chest yeah. or whatever. Sincerely from the Hammer Brothers. <laughs> Whoop! I'm like we're you, to believe that, that this thing started the whole war. Yeah, Stanley it's, has no basis for that. Yeah, yeah. That line. And it like I don't know. I, I feel like for this thing to initiate like a war that where they detonate an atomic bomb and <laughs> in Dallas. Yeah. And like I don't know, this thing gets buried. I don't know how it got buried. I don't know how any of these people got buried because yeah. An atomic bomb doesn't bury things. It just leaves carcasses <laughs> around. <laughs> you know, like that's, there would be a building. Brilliant. There would be a building over that gas tank <laughs> and all these people. And Pendansky would uh, surely know that the location that they're in used to be the restaurant that his wife worked at. I don't know. Right. That, but like well, apparently they were like is, separate or something. Apparently this is like a barren wasteland. But you yeah. feel like there would be some kind of ashes or rubble or something. Maybe Richard Kelly doesn't know how atomic bombs work. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he didn't watch Terminator 2. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. <laughs> He's like, what do bombs do? Hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, This it doesn't make sense yeah. the more and more I look at it. <laughs> oh, one thing I thought about, um, it's not really script related, mm-hmm. but like Whenever they throw the weapon off the into the ocean, mm-hmm. it just reminded me of Lord of the Rings, where they're like, "That cannot be destroyed." And one of the suggestions was to throw it in the ocean, <laughs> and like the guys are like, "No, that just means someone in the distant generation is going to find it." Mm. So for this, it was just like, I guess that's the best they could think of. Yeah, I don't know. It's probably better than hiding it in a storage locker or something. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't, I, I don't. I think overall, I can see a lot of potential in this story, and like, you know, I can, I can definitely see like, with a couple rewrites, there yeah. there could be something really interesting and good here. But I mean, as it stands, yeah. there. I mean, there's a decent chunk of it that's pretty good, but a yeah. lot of stuff is pretty weak and. 
I don't know. Okay. Well, well, in the final movie, mm-hmm. what were they really looking for? They were looking for buried treasure. Okay, I thought so. And yeah, because the the um, Camp Green Lake used to be an actual lake, and uh, a lady named Kate, uh, kissing Kate Bart Bartlett or something like that. Uh, mm. She had buried. She had treasure, and you know or something and bury and like dropped it in the water or something. And then the lake bed dried up and it was all buried. And so they don't know where it is mm. something along those lines. And so that's what they're looking for. And then that's what they find. Which the buried treasure. Yeah. That's so much more believable Yeah, <laughs> than this whole war. Yeah. Like I started over dangerous hammers. <laughs> 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 and like in the movie, um, the big climactic ending part, he's in the hole with the treasure and mm-hmm. there's a lizard sitting there, like one of the spotted lizards that they mentioned early on. And so nobody wants to go in there because they're afraid of the lizard. And then, you know, it's the only reason the lizard isn't attacking Stanley is because he ate some onions or something. So... <laughs> I'm face palming right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. so yeah, it's definitely deviated Fucking a lot. Onions. <laughs> yeah, definitely went through a lot of changes. <laughs> and and yeah, the the uh. movie is very very much like whimsical and goofy and everything and this has the complete opposite tone to it. Yeah, kind of makes you wonder if Richard Kelly actually wanted to get the <laughs> job or sell the script, or maybe he just got the all the money up front and he's like, "Ah, screw it, I'll just write something." Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Oh man, it's ridiculous. Oh yeah, I love how they, uh, they actually left an opening for a sequel here. Hmm. Because you know how uh, narrator slash zero mm-hmm. has no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> Because the last line the narrator says, and we haven't looked back since. <laughs> the very next movie, the opening yeah. thing is they look back. Yeah. Oh, They're man. just scuba diving for it. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, man. And uh, that was it. Yeah. That's about all there is to say about that. Um, Words just can't describe it. <laughs> do you want to try to rate this thing or... Oh, you know, just um, like leave it at it was had potential. <laughs> I, I don't mind rating it. All right. I don't, yeah. So the first time rating it, um, I don't know, maybe a three, three and a half. Mm. Out of five, uh, three and a half, stretching it. Yeah. Out of five. Uh this time reading it, maybe two and a half mm. or three. I mean, I definitely watch it. Yeah. It's definitely Richard Kelly material. Yeah, for sure. Like. I tried to watch Southland Tales like three times mm-hmm. to see if I was missing the joke or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, you know what? I don't know if he knows what he's writing. <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to be watching this yeah. and what I'm supposed to be feeling about it. <laughs> so it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, Donnie Darko is definitely the pinnacle of his writing. Yeah, for, for sure. For me. I feel like that was 
like his biggest passion project. He probably has been he had been working on that for a long time and probably put a lot right. of thought into it and a lot of rewrites. Yeah. But after that, and, then it's just like he didn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, agreed. But yeah, for first draft for this, um, compared to what the movie was mm -hmm. and compared to what I imagine the book was supposed to be, mm -hmm. it just doesn't feel like he was even supposed to work on this. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't <laughs> think so. Yeah. Unless he's like trying to make a gritty... <laughs> remake oh yeah I, I feel like nowadays this might fly <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah back then definitely not um, no yeah i mean well what about you for me i would give it uh as it stands maybe a two out of five but i think it has the potential to be closer to like a four definitely like yeah yeah so all right so that's <laughs> Probably the last time I'll read this script, and now that yeah. we've, you know, picked it apart and everything, so I'm glad I only read it once. I'm kind of sorry for you. <laughs> hey, at least it was spaced out by a couple of years, and I had time to forget about it. Oh, okay, okay. I just thought you meant, yeah. No, you told me you read it twice. I thought you read it right in a row. No, no, no. Making notes and stuff. Nope. Um, I read it on uh, Wednesday here. Oh, okay. So I was. I think I gave me enough time to soak it in. Mm -hmm think about it a little bit more <laughs> yeah definitely like i said with the right actors you could probably stretch this out to a three three and a half yeah definitely like casting the right but, people can bring up yeah even the worst writing right but yeah except for michael bay <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's but true. no yeah definitely a lot of work cast the right done people, here. but it just doesn't it still doesn't work <laughs> <laughs> doesn't work yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, for what it is, um, I enjoyed the read for the most part. Yeah, I mean, it, it's I, definitely, I definitely interesting, you know, seeing how it's different from what they were looking for because this yeah. this movie was made by Disney, so they commissioned him to write this, and I'm sure that they were not happy when they received this. As maybe this was his way of getting out of Disney. That could be. Like, never call me again. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. Because, like, he got pretty graphic with Mr. Sir and the Warren's deaths. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, this is, I this remember... is definitely an R-rated movie. Yeah. Yeah, strong PG-13 at least. But I remember reading uh, there was a gaping hole in the Warren's chest. <laughs> and all I could think about was Predator mm. whenever they killed Jesse Ventura. Yeah. I was like, wow, okay. Um, pretty sure Sigourney Weaver and Shia LaBeouf are in this. <laughs> <laughs> At a Disney venture. Yep. I didn't know for sure it was even Disney. I was just, mm -hmm. that's what the tone I got from the movie. Yeah. But reading this, I'm just like, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Definitely interesting. I'm glad I read it, but yeah. ultimately, uh, I don't know don't care for it yeah like that much mm -hmm. all right so um i guess that about does it for this time um yeah <laughs> so we'll have a title for you um obviously this will be released under a certain some kind of a title for the podcast but uh as of right now there is 
no title to tell you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll see you sometime later with the very first... Project Red Light. Uh, we'll, we'll see maybe yeah no i don't <laughs> expect that to make it um but yeah next time we will uh be reading the very first rough draft of star wars and it's actually called the star wars and it stars general luke Starkiller. <laughs> so we'll see how different that is from the finished product um yeah so until next time i'm eric i'm zach and yeah see ya <laughs> later <laughs> big ups huh all right well see, see ya. you later <laughs> Oh, man.